Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from Itoro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Henry Ward, and I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Simon Peters, who has about seven years trading on the, the platform. Simon, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Hi, Henry. Um, yeah, as you mentioned there, so, so my name's Simon. I'm one of the uh, senior account managers here at eToro. I look after some of our higher equity clients in the UK region, Platinum Plus and Diamond level. So some of you may already know me and have spoken to me personally. Um, I also am a market analyst here at eToro. I give my, my views to the media. As you know, the podcast follows a very simple format. We take the top three financial stories in the news and we run with it. Now, we cannot look past Tesla, Apple and Ethereum. They're the, they're the three topics that we're going to go through today. But the first thing is, is Simon, how has the, how's the market been performing in the last week? Extraordinary times. Uh, depends on, on what you're looking at, whether it's currencies, stocks, uh, crypto as well. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there at the moment. Uh, and uh, what would you say is the, the best opportunity at the present moment? The dollar is losing a lot of value against its uh, major counterparts. You know, the euro and the pound have, have gone to, to new highs, or not, not new highs, but highs within the last um, couple of years or so. Um, also look at commodities such as gold. Uh, gold sort of recently broke $2,000 a troy ounce. So we're seeing opportunities there. And uh, on the crypto side with, with Bitcoin and um more so of alts as well. Um, a lot of altcoins have, have hit all-time highs. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity out in the market at the moment. Exciting times. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be a trader. It doesn't really matter what asset class you are with the likes of the furlough, with the likes of those, those checks from, from America. They have just trickled the whole way down into the markets. And it doesn't matter whether you're stock, um, indices, commodities, ETFs, or crypto, you are just in a good position at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And especially what's happening fundamentally as well with the, the Fed, um, what we have seen on the back of the coronavirus pandemic and um, trying to get the economy going again is uh, liquidity being added to the system. And that, to a degree, is, has fueled the stock market and stocks like Tesla, like Apple, Zoom, Peloton, all of these companies that uh, perhaps weren't doing well before the um, the pandemic, the start of the pandemic, have really benefited from it. Um, and those perhaps who's have enough of have capitalized. Absolutely perfect. And that takes us nicely on to our first topic, which is Tesla. Now, Tesla's had a splitting of the shares five to one, which has seen a drop from £2,000 down to in around £400. And on the first day of trading, we've seen a spike of 12% on Tesla. Is that a surprise? Um, I wouldn't say it's a surprise. You know, it's, it's a significant movement for a stock in a day. You know, we don't re- really see stocks move double figures in a day. Um, but not really a, a surprise as such. You know, Tesla's a, a, a very popular stock right now, um, especially with clients on, on the eToro platform. Some that I speak with a lot are focused on Tesla. Um, but no, not, not, not a surprise as such because what we do tend to see with um, stock splits is a lot of excitement and it presents an opportunity for investors to get in at a, a cheaper price. Although the valuation of the company hasn't changed, the value per share has, if that makes sense. So where it was trading at $2,000, which may have been out of the realm for some people to buy a single share or, or multiple shares, 
it's more attractive at $400 a share. And typically what we see with stock splits is that that filter through. We, we tend to see um, increases in share price following stock split. You know, it's, it's happened historically with Apple, which we'll talk about in the moment. Um, so no, I, I don't I don't see it as a surprise, but it, it is a surprise to see double figures. I'll put it that way. That makes sense. So you um, you just said there a, a few minutes ago that um, stocks may be out of, out of the realm of, of people's budget and with the stock now dropping down to 400 quid now i know that i've talked about potential front-running investors so investors so what a front-running is is that a seasoned investor would jump in and they would get in before the new traders would come in because we're expecting like you said marketing stuff like that we're expecting tesla to continue why because we've had an awful lot of people jumping in on it we have new traders jump in um, and because it's at a cheaper rate. So would you expect this to continue happening or do you think now that it, that's, that's the end of this? Yeah, I think when we're, when we're trading at $2,000, the, um, the probability of a pullback, a correction in, in, in the share price of Tesla was, was, uh, was higher than perhaps where we are now. Um, because of the, 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 the stock split where we're now at $400, there's more room for, for that growth again to get back up to those levels possibly. Um, you mentioned sort of, front running to use a, to use the word um yeah it's not not one to really use but yeah i see i see so it's saying that uh, in the season investors will, will probably have preempted this um excitement around the stock split and, and may have bought earlier which could have full, uh, fueled the rally to, to two thousand dollars in the first place before the split so there's um yeah that, that that play could have happened already as well you've said you've said a couple of times that tesla stock is cheaper but that that is not something that I like to hear because that that just reminds me of traders who that that actually have no idea of the market. They just look at the price and go, "Oh, oh look, Tesla's now at four hundred quid." So, is is that a good thing that Tesla has now dropped down to that price? That it's not at two thousands, or is it a bad thing for for new new investors? Because uh, let's be honest, new investors generally generally learn by making mistakes. So, is is that a good or a bad thing for them? I mean, it, it depends on the outlook as well. Uh, and a time scale you're giving yourself as a trader or investor. You know, if you're giving yourself a um, you know a longer period of time to invest over, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, for example, for retirement, then you know, buying now at four hundred dollars, you know, there's no even it could be a correction. We could drop lower in the long term. You know, you you, you may not really feel the effect of that. Where if you're um, focused on the short term, then perhaps buy now because we're still at the top of the market let's not forget even though you've had the stock split happen there's still the uh, potential for a correction but it, it is a lot cheaper than, than than where we were a couple of days ago uh we you know we're at fifth of the price so there's, that, two, there's two different ways to weigh that, up yeah that, that is, is very very true <laughs> yeah very very true stock splitting is not is not new to us here across the board so we've seen that a lot of a lot of stocks have actually splitted um over the years but uh, one of our analysts uh, adam Batessi, and went into depth on a report about the splitting of the shares and, and the price movements over 10 of the biggest global brands that carried out splitting of the shares in recent years. So we have Apple, we have Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Coca-Cola, Disney, Samsung, and McDonald's, Toyota, and Intel. Now, of these companies listed, on average, they've gone up 33% over, over 12 months. Is this something you would expect the same thing to happen to Tesla? Or are you expecting the bears to come in and actually drive Tesla down and have a, a proper correction? It's a difficult one to say. I mean, Tesla could 
easily do 33% in a week. Um, so, you know, that, that, that could easily happen. Even though we've had, well, one thing I would say, even though we've had the split, um, we're still at all-time highs on, on Tesla. So there still is that, you know, something to, to take into consideration that we could see a retracement at any point in time. Even though we have seen the split doesn't necessarily mean we're, we're going to continue going higher. There's, 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 there's still scope for a, for, for a correction. That, that can easily happen. So again, going back to the point I made about um, what your objective is in the long term and how long you're prepared to wait, you know, that does really determine um, your strategy. Whether you know whether you could buy now or whether you'd, you'd be more patient and wait for a, a possible dip. Tesla in the last quarter were profitable by the tune of 100 million. When we put this into context, is their R and D spend in 2019 was 1.343 billion. That is not a whole lot of profitability for the amount of money they're actually spending. So Tesla as, as a profitable company, they're, they're not massively profitable yet. To look at the charts, it looks like Tesla are massively overextended or overvalued. Do you see a big uh, pullback? Is that a cause for concern for you, Simon? Or do you expect to, to demand to overtake everything and just continue to drive on? Yeah, I think uh, we are even from from a from a fundamental and a technical point of view overvalued on on Tesla stock. Um, so there's, in my opinion, uh, a fairly high probability for a pullback. Although we are in extraordinary times where um, anything's possible and we could go higher, but I think uh, where we are now, a lot, a lot of a lot of investors are also anticipating this um, this split. Whereas uh, in previous times where the bears have perhaps tried to drive the stock lower, they've been burnt. But we've uh, had a lot of uh, build up to the stock split, and it could be a case of buying on the rumor, selling on the fact. That, that's a new one. I haven't, I haven't heard that one yet. On to our next topic, which is Apple. We couldn't really talk about Tesla without bringing Apple into the, into the equation. Apple has been the, the second stock that has had the splitting of the shares as four to one, as uh, Apple has also recently reached a $2 trillion mark. Will this continue to, uh, to help the stock grow, or will you, see, will you see this slowing down after the splitting of the stocks? I think Apple is a little bit different in some ways to Tesla. Um, if you look at the data of Apple previously, because we have a uh, a longer period of time to to look at the price data over. Um, after the, the the last stock split in 2014, I believe, um, Apple then went to a trillion dollar valuation, and then it took from no, two years to go from one trillion to two trillion. So it could very well be a case where we go from two to four in, in a year, if we're following the same, the same logic. Um, now Apple is, is one of the, it's, it's one of the companies out there and given what's happening with um, 5G also, I think that could be a, a real driving force for the future of the company. Some analysts expect Apple to go to say a hundred trillion. Is that something you would expect or are you a little more conservative and looking for it to go to 50 trillion first or down to 10 trillion first or two or four trillion first? What is, is, is this something you're expecting to, to continue? I think a hundred trillions, uh, very excessive, <laughs> but, but well, if, we, if I did think we'd get that, I mean, you have to, uh, yeah, to, to look at Apple stock definitely. Um, no, but you've you, you got to take, you got to take everything into, um, perhaps factor everything into the equation. Apple to a two trillion dollar valuation, you got to look at, you know, the, the entire FTSE one hundred is around one point eight trillion, maybe one point nine trillion sterling. That's the hundred companies in the UK, whereas Apple is a single company in in the US that. Then one company in the US, 100 companies in the UK, <laughs> you're talking, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very big um, market capital. Exactly, yeah, and a market capitalization. So, um, 
But look, it's it's uh, it's, it's it's one of those companies that, that you know they, they are such a powerhouse that any anything could happen um, with their dominance, potentially with the phones market going forward, especially looking into um, into five G. You know, new models welcoming uh, faster speeds, new design, new attributes, different screen sizes, things like that. You know, it, it's anything's really possible. And also they're expanding to other areas like um, we've seen with, with music, accessories, Apple TV also. So we have to look and see what's what's next for them, what they're going to add also. And, and that could also help with the uh, the future valuation of the company. I see, um, I see Apple have put an order in for 75 million 5G phones for the end of the year. So this is roughly the same as last year. The difference between this year and last year, we've been hit by a pandemic. We've been stuck indoors. We have, we have not been allowed outside. It feels like we've actually been in jail <laughs> um, over, this last, over this last year. For Apple to come out and say that they're expecting the same, if not more, people to buy their product this year, what was released the other day that we're in a recession? So for this to happen in a recession, this is this is a phenomenal return for the likes of Apple if this if this continues, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think Apple is one of those brands where there's a lot of excitement for the, the product. Um, you, know, you have to go down to flagship stores on Regent Street, for example, and you, you've got people queuing outside at uh, you know four or five a.m. in the morning waiting for the store to open so they're going to be the first to buy it there's not many brands that can really create that excitement like apple and i think that's regardless of what the models what 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 the features of the model are or what it's it's priced at people want it and that, that's the that's the main thing there's something there's something about apple products that people want it doesn't mean they're necessarily the best products you know it's not necessarily the best phone in terms of features or um, camera quality screen size but there's something about apple products that people want and they want to be the first to have it and there's always that demand and, and i think unless something really drastic happens I, I don't really see that demand going away and unless it's a real a real um, game changer in terms of uh, you know a, a lack of quality from their side or there's a competitor that comes in and delivers something absolutely amazing then what you know if one of the two or combination of the two happen you know i find it hard to see where apple can um, can lose dominance in this market i was having a conversation there with one of the one of the sales rep for tag and uh, something sort of hit home a little bit when i when i was chatting to them they said that their watches in their shop has has gone up about 100 to maybe 150 percent demands on their watches because people are not going abroad people are not spending money on holidays now they've been indoors they've been they haven't done it they haven't done a thing so they've saved a little bit of money so instead of actually going on a, on a holiday this year people have bought luxury items like watches stuff like this it, do you think that could potentially drive the demand for the likes of apple watches where apple phones apple ipads stuff like that when their new release are coming out in october because people have a little bit of money they're they need that little bit of feel good factor after after this pandemic because they just need to be cheered up yeah maybe maybe a little bit of that I, I think more so what the pandemic has shown us is our ability to work remotely um and i think you know, apple and their devices sort of fall into that category where people don't need to be in an office now to to do business they don't need to fly to business meetings or you know take time out to do that they can do it remotely and it sort of falls into that um category as well in terms of uh providing the facilities to 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 communicate uh, remotely so i don't necessarily think it's um treating itself i also see it as purpose as to as to why they're buying these items as well for the for the use cases not just uh luxury or, or to treat themselves shall we say
1997, Apple was on the ropes. The Silicon Valley pioneer was being decimated by Microsoft and its many partners and personal computing market. It cut one third of its workforce. It was about 90 days away from, from going broke. We have seen a phenomenal, phenomenal movement in the opposite direction to become the first US company to hit the true trillion dollar mark. What, what was, what's behind all that? We've got to look at uh, well, Steve, first and foremost, Steve Jobs. Um, <laughs> Steve Jobs. No, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, no, they, they, you know, the iPod was something revolutionary. If you look at the design of it and the, um, the fun wheel, you know, that was never seen before. So they really um, you know, changed the music, uh, you know, how, how people interact with devices, play music. They, they really changed the whole game there. And there, there was a point where it's, it, it was just cool to have an iPod. You, know, you had celebrities endorsing it as well or using it whether it be um, paid or not, it was still given the uh, the brand exposure. So um, I suppose when you do see high profile celebrities and, and high profile people using these products, it naturally makes you want to have it as a as a, a normal consumer. You know, if you see your favorite sports person, athlete using the same, you know, using a particular product, you want to you, you want to use those products as well. So there was that driving force. They then went further into the and uh, released the iphone as well again full screen no buttons so, so it, th- things like that have really um propelled them to a different dimension in all honesty um and you know they, they do it with uh, all, all the products in, in my opinion have a lot of finesse and a lot of quality about them as well so a lot of attention to detail are you telling us that you're an apple person and not an android I can't comment on that too far. <laughs> no comment, no comment. <laughs> so on to the last, the last topic, and the last topic is Ethereum. Ethereum is something we covered about two months ago on the webinar. Now, it has gone up 48% since the last time, which is a phenomenal return for any asset. Now, we talked about the level at 356 um, how the market was going to react to that level. So we were looking for it to hit its head and then bounce down. And then when it, when it retraced down, potentially looking at this to jump in. So uh, how has it reacted to that level? Yeah, um, as, you, as you mentioned there, so yeah, we, we did test um, $360 back in in uh june last year uh that was that was the high that's the highest price we were at until a few a few weeks ago actually um we then we then broke through um retested that level as support this time rather than resistance um bounced higher to around 450 dollars and then retraced and tested that same level again so we've actually tested that level twice uh, as support and it's held as support and now we've uh, we've actually pushed higher and, and trading at 408 dollars at the moment Oh wow! So it's even it's even gone up higher. Um, for that when I when I done a little bit of uh, analysis for this one, it was at four hundred and seventy one. <laughs> so it's gone up even higher today. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's slowing down at the moment either. To be fair, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, one of the main topics that we looked into um, kicking on for the likes of Ethereum was, was the staking. So the staking is something that is has been a, a big deal in the likes of the ETH the Ethereum world. How would you explain this to people to, in layman's terms? How can, how can people understand this and actually get their head around it so they can actually either trade it or use that information to potentially get in or out at later dates? Yeah, okay. So I think before we, we cover proof of stake, I think it's important to understand what, what proof of work is because that's the consensus that Ethereum is currently using. So similar to 
Bitcoin. I'm sure um, most people have heard of Bitcoin. You know, the, the first. Uh, yeah, I've heard of Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 the one that's that's that that's going up and down, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, so, so Bitcoin um, by design uses what's known as proof of work. So where you have miners um, essentially competing against each other to solve um, complex equations to find a, a a target hash to add blocks to the blockchain ethereum uses currently that same mechanism so you have um transactions that are happening on ethereum they go into a a pool in the simplest terms they get picked up by miners added to the blocks that blocks hashed um and if whoever finds the target hash gets to add it to the blockchain and in turn receives the rewards for doing so that's how proof of work consensus mechanisms work what the plan is with ethereum is to move to what's known as proof of stake so it's a a different consensus mechanism where it's not reliant on miners it's reliant on validators so to become a validator you have to lock up a certain amount of crypto into the network to participate so the idea behind it is that it, it creates uh, more decentralization because essentially you only, any, anyone who can meet the requirements to become a validator can be a validator simple as that whereas in a proof of work consensus mechanism um, or a proof of work network it, it does become more centralized to some degree because those that have the ability to purchase more efficient equipment and have larger facilities and, and can uh, produce more hash power have a higher probability of adding blocks to the blockchain and, and getting the rewards um, which does make it a lot harder for the everyday person to be involved in um, in consensus of the, of the network because where you used to be able to run it on a uh, an everyday laptop you can't do that anymore in Bitcoin because of um, the decreasing um, hash rate and the, uh, the the overall computing power of the network. So it's, it's very it's, it's near enough impossible to to participate in the Bitcoin network on a a single laptop. Whereas Ethereum, when they move to proof of stake, you can do because you're you're only having to lock up um, 32 Ethereum in this case to be a validator to be selected to add blocks to the blockchain so rather than competing against others um, you're locking up your crypto to actually participate in the network to be selected as a validator in order to verify transactions on the blockchain so one of the big differences between ethereum and bitcoin is that bitcoin has 21 million coins and that's a finite resource so that that reminds me of of the gold in the world okay whereas ethereum hasn't this has the opportunity to continue continue going so Will this potentially become a bit like the the US dollars of the world that they can just continue to print money and will actually devalue itself moving forward? I mean, there is that possibility. We can't we can't deny that. You know, there there are um, proposals to hard cap Ethereum, but that has to be agreed by the community. So it hasn't been enforced yet, but there are certainly proposals floating around for that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look what's, if you compare it to the you know, the, the US dollar, where we're seeing um, increased money supply and a weakening of the domestic currency, it, it could happen with Ethereum. But at the same time, um, Ethereum is still a, a nascent network, is still in its infancy, really. And um, there's also a, a lot of activity happening on Ethereum, in particular decentralized finance. So at the same time, yes, although we could see um, a dilution of the, the, the amount of Ethereum available or in circulation there could be more printed there's still uh, a lot of activity on ethereum to generate that demand for it 
if that makes sense, because with DeFi and the amount of growth we're seeing there, the amount of transactions that are happening, naturally you, you need a certain amount of ether to, in order to um, to facilitate those transactions, and that's where the demand aspect comes in. So there's there's two different there's two different ways to, to to look at it. Really, it's not as black and white as you know if, because it's open ended and there's a infinite supply that we're going to see a um, a fall in the price. You also got to take into account the demand aspect as well that we're seeing on Ethereum or for, for Ether because of decentralized finance and the uh, the growing number of transactions there. One of the things that were has has driven the likes of this is that uh, the validators need thirty two ether, and with that being said, now I know there's nothing set down in in hard writing as of yet, but the general consensus is is that you can earn between four point six and ten point three percent annualized returns um, on the launch of Ethereum two point Now. It, that is that is phenomenal. That that's literally the same as a stock given a dividend each year for holding on to the likes of this. So that is that is a game changer in the in the cryptocurrency type of world. Do you see this being the main driver of the people buying Ethereum at the minute? Or do you expect this to continue to to grow because of this? Yeah, but it's certainly one of the reasons why I feel we've seen um, an increase in, in the price of Ethereum. Um, if you look at the number of addresses that are currently holding 32 ETH, it's increasing month on month. So we are seeing a demand for it, um, and naturally that demand is creating uh, an increase in the price. But also, the, you know, there's Ethereum is not the only project which are running or, or, or plan to. Ethereum is planning to, to to move to proof of stake. We haven't got there yet, but I think investors are preparing themselves for it. There are already projects like cardano like tezos that are already running proof of stake that are running that are um allowing participants to receive staking rewards already so this is very much happening and i think retail investors certainly rather than just holding on to their crypto and taking advantage of a potential price gain are looking at it you know, you mentioned like like a like a dividend paying stock almost um as well as holding the crypto why not receive the interest on it so i think this is very much happening certainly within um, the retail environment and perhaps in the uh, the months and years to come, we'll see institutional investors get involved also. Thank you very much. That covers the, the three topics that we had outlined today. Is there anything that you are pointing investors to have a look at? I know I know DocuSign is something that we've been looking at and in great detail, and, and I've traded a couple of CFDs on, and the under, underlying asset has jumped 16% today, which is which is phenomenal. Um, from the from the trade that we took on one of the webinars, we've now we're now three point six percent up. So put that into perspective: is if you risk a hundred quid, your hundred quid is now worth three hundred and sixty pounds. So is there anything from your side that people should be looking at, Simon? Yeah, I mean, from a, a macroeconomic point of view, that we we heard last week about the um, the Federal Reserve prepared to run above their two percent inflation target. And um, consequently, we have seen a, a devaluation of the US dollar, a weakening of the US dollar. That could very well continue happening over the next uh, weeks and months to come. Um, so the major pairs like euro dollar, pound dollar, you know, we, we could see appreciate further. Um, those where the, the dollar is the base currency, like the dollar yen, dollar CAD, um, dollar Swiss, we could see we could see the opposite. We could see a fall. But also because of this um, statement by the Fed that they're prepared to run inflation above their 2% target, inflation hedges, historical inflation hedges like gold, we could see um, some, some real movement there. Possibility we could see it hit um, $2,000 again or even break to a new all-time high. 
past 200 uh, $2,000 sorry and also um an asset that's coming into the same inflation hedge conversation is is bitcoin um because of its similar characteristics to gold in the sense that it's a, a finite supply and there's only ever going to be 21 million bitcoin and there's less and less bitcoin produced um each year through the design of of the of it itself not just institutional investors like hedge funds and uh, and private investors but actual corporations are adding bitcoin to their balance sheet as an inflation hedge we saw a company called um and that's that listed company microstrategy actually buy quarter billion dollars worth of bitcoin a few weeks ago for that purpose so um we could given what's happened with the fed last week and the announcement they made we could see more companies coming out to to acquire btc for these reasons well thank you very much simon it's been an absolute pleasure um, anyone who wants to learn more about the online trading courses that I run, just go to the eToro Trading School, or if you look at me up on the eToro platform as Henry Francis Ward, um, either places you should be able to get in contact with me. But thank you very much, everyone, and have a lovely evening. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.